How many know when, because the enemy says you've got a couple of years to live, that God has the last say-so. Amen. God has the final say-so. Amen. Thank you, Miss Annie. God has the final say-so. It has nothing to do with man says. Man can happen, but God can do the best of it. Amen. So we're looking for a total healing uh, as God has continued to strengthen him. I guess we're going to go ahead and get ready and begin our services this morning. Uh, five, four, three, two, one, and we are live. Amen. We invite your attention this morning to the book of Genesis is where we're going to, to start this morning in the book of Genesis. And it seems that whenever God has a word for the house, it seems like that's when the most absent. Amen. <laughs> But nevertheless, the word is here is for everybody in the house. Amen. Amen. So it's, it's, it's important. Genesis chapter number 13 is where we're going to begin our, our the reading of our text. We want to talk about this morning, uh, and I know we don't have the scriptures put up because the young lady that uh, puts our scripture, she's absent this morning. where so she's sick. So we'll have you to follow along. As we go, Genesis chapter number 13. Uh, the title of the message that the Lord gave me was, is Two Paths, Two Roads, Two Lands. Two Paths, Two Roads, and Two Lands. When I began to, 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 to study from of Genesis in, in chapter number 13. I, I thought about the, the first word that God gave me was the, the past. First, he first gave me the word lands. And I pondered on that all week. I pondered. And then uh, he, he, he went back and he gave me the word path. And he dealt with Abraham. He says when they started out, when Abraham started out and, and he received his call from God, he says he put him on a path. A pathway or a path is when people are going in the same direction. It's a path. It's wherein you begin to walk in the same direction. And often what happens is you begin to trot, and you trot down a pathway. Um, the more and more people walk on that path, eventually you'll be able to know the pathway in which you're going. And so God says what Abraham did, did at that particular time, God, at that point, he says to him, this is the path you have to take. He calls him from where he is. He's, he's in a land called uh, uh, Ur. Um, he's, he's there with his father and his, with his family. And what they are doing is they're worshiping idol gods. It's interesting that God would call someone to, to and, and, and uh, really instill in them uh, what his will is when they are a heathen. Now, Abraham was a heathen. Abraham was not saved. Abraham was a heathen. But yet God chose him uh, to carry out his will and his plan uh, for the world and even for Israel at that time, for that nation. And so then I thought about two roads, two roads, two roads. A road is a a destination wherein you're going. It is a destination. The road is a destination. So he has a destination. When God calls him out, he sends him on a path. There is his family. And then there is this road. And at the road they were going to, they had to go toward Canaan. This was that destination. But how many people know that sometimes we do get sidetracked? When God gives us a call and he tells us his plan that he has for our life, oftentimes we get sidetracked. So what happens is on that destination, on that road to where they were going, they end up at a place called Haram. Now, Haram, the word there in the Hebrew means a dry place. And they stop there. And when they stop there... Um, Abram's father, Abraham's father, Abram's father, he dies. And 
there he is for a moment of time, but it's a reminder from the place that he had come from. So he stays there for a while longer than what he should stay until God calls for him to come out of that place and continue his journey. He's on that road. He, he's, he's, he's followed the path. He's on the road. He's headed for a destination, but he makes a stop. And the reason why he makes that stop is because it's familiar territory. And because it's familiar territory, he stays longer than he should. And then God reveals to me that in that place, sometimes when we make that stop, when we make that, we make that stop, when, when we're at that common place, and we make that stop where God did not tell us to stop, sometimes we will birth things in a place where we're not supposed to birth them, and we may think that it's God. See, in the place called Haram, in that dry place, sometimes we do birth things that's not of God. We will birth things that's not of God. So now we, God has to call us out of that place because sometimes when God blesses us, we get comfortable in that place because we see an increase. So when we see that increase, we think it's God. Now how do we know Satan can bless us too? But it, but it comes with, a, with, with a, on two sides of that coin, there's a blessing and then there's cursing on the other side. We have to be careful to know who is really blessing us. Because uh, have you ever noticed, and I'm going to use this as an analogy, and then we will go to chapter number 13. Have you ever noticed that, that before we had certain items, certain things, that, and we had to depend on others, that we always kind of found our way to the house of God? But whenever God give us two nickels and a dime is what I always say. Two nickels and a dime. And I think that equates to about 20 cents. Whenever God gives us 20 cents, we seem to forget about the one that gave us the 20 cents. We, we, we lose sight or, uh, from what we're supposed to be doing. Because it's, God runs a risk when he blesses us. He really does. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter number 13. And you'll understand more about the two paths two roads, and two lands. Because the lands is wherein we really want to focus on. Two paths, two roads, two lands. Genesis chapter number 13. Now, beginning reading at verse number 1 in chapter number 13. Verse 1 says, And Abram went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Now, Abram, the name Abram, it means the father of height. In the Hebrew, it means the father of height. So, so I said, okay, God, help me to understand the name, the father of height. What is really behind all of that? And God says, he's the father of heights. In other words, he has the potential to excel he has a uh, potential to excel in greatness. He also has the ability, because the ability of, is already there. He's the father. He's the originator of heights. What he, had, what he can attain or what he's uh, looking to attain, God had already placed it in him. He's the father. He's the originator of the heights. But he has a problem here. Because before he becomes Abraham, because we deal, when we deal with Abraham, we deal with faith. But we want to look at, he's at the height of where? He's the father of height, but he's not to that place yet where his faith can carry him where he needs to go. And this is the reason why. He says he brings him up out of Egypt. Now, Egypt is a place of limitations. Egypt represents the world. Now, it goes on to say he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. Now, the word lot there means covering or it means veil. So what's happening is, even though he's the, the father of heights, he's, he has the, the ability to excel. He has the ability to operate in greatness. That The veil is there. Of, the purpose of a veil is to cover. So what's happening, he cannot see clearly. Oftentimes, that's what happens when it comes down to our faith. And when God has called us from a place, it's because there's a veil, there's a covering, there's still there, there's obscurity. We still cannot see clearly. And this is why oftentimes we make wrong decisions. We make wrong decisions. 
Now, let's look at Second um, Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Because, see, remember now, Lot represents a veil. It means there's a covering. The, his faith is covered. He doesn't see very clearly. And, and so, therefore, therefore, uh, uh, he finds himself at a place he ought not to be. Amen. He does not understand the direction in which he has to go. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Are we there? 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. We want to talk a little bit about the veil. Uh, because some, oftentimes uh, we cannot see clearly. Or you may see people that cannot see clearly. And you may not understand why they cannot see clearly. Well, the, the Bible always has an answer for everything. Every question that we have. The Bible has an answer for it. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And we're going to look at really verse, we'll begin at verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 3. We want to make sure everybody is there. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 3. It says, but... If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are who? Lost. So if, if the gospel is hid, it's hid to the person that's lost. They can't see. I mean, sometimes we say, well, what do they not see? Why can't they understand? Well, the Bible says if the gospel is hid, it's because they are lost. Then verse 4 says, in whom the God of where? Of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. In other words, Satan has blinded them. That's why they can't see. That's why there's a veil. You know how there's some people say, well, I don't need God. I mean, I, I, you know, I've got everything that I need. Well, they've been blinded by Satan. Because let me tell you something. Just as soon as they get sick, just as soon as hard times come, who do they call on? They, they say, God have mercy. God, they've been blinded. They've been blinded by Satan. The God, small g, the God of this world has blinded their minds of them which they believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So if they cannot understand, whenever there is a veil, that means Satan has blinded the minds, and therefore they cannot see, therefore they cannot understand. And we've all been there. We have all been there at some point in our life. We have all been there where we have been blinded by Satan, where we felt like, well, we didn't need God. Our faith was blinded by, by, by Satan. We've been blinded. Now, let's go back to Genesis chapter number 13. Let's go back to Genesis, and we will, we will walk through the scriptures. Okay. He, he, he goes to the south. The south is a dry place. Okay. He's, he's blinded. He's blinded. Uh, a dry, he's in a dry, he goes to, to a place of drought, dryness. Now, verse number 2 says, and Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys, with an S, from the south even unto Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been in the beginning, between Bethel and Ai. Now, he says he went on his journeys from the south, from the dry place. He goes now to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. It means the house of God. He says, and to the place where his tent, which means that word tent, that means his mindset, had been at the beginning. At the beginning, his mind was between Bethel and Ai. Well, Bethel is the house of God. Ai means heaps of ruins. In other words, he was in a place of in-between. He was an in-between place. But God brings him right back, even though he goes he goes southward. He goes, he's in a place of drought. But God turns him right around after he calls him and brings him right back to where he was. And I think the scripture says, in the beginning. How many times that we, we ourselves or we see other people that they go around so many circles and so many times they end up in the same place and finally say, hmm, I've been in this place before. But what happens is when they end up at the beginning, they are at a place, they are at a crossroad in their thinking, a place of decision making. Remember now, two paths, two roads, and two lands. 
So now he's back at the crossroad. He's at a place where he has to make a decision. Uh, one place is a place of ruins. Huh. Another place is at the house of God. Think about how many times uh, the body of Christ, or uh, we as the body of Christ, or uh, the body of Christ as a whole, have went to a place of ruins when we really didn't have to. But the reason why we ended up there is because we were blinded. We were blinded by Satan. We had a veil over our faith. We had a veil there. We are blinded. Now, verse, drop down to verse number 5. It says, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Okay. Lot went with him. We know that uh, the word Lot, that means a veil. It's a veil. When Lot goes, when we, when we allow that spirit, and that's what it is, when we allow the spirit of Lot to go with our faith and his veil, we will birth some things in our flesh. The Bible talks about here that Lot also, which went with Abram, had, had flocks and he had herds and, and he had tents. In other words, that was an increase. He birthed some things in our flesh. Everything that we have is not because God gave it to us. Some things we birthed in our flesh. Amen. Some things we birthed in our flesh, and then what happens is we have to kill out the flesh. That's why we have to kill flesh daily. Amen. Because some things we birthed was not of God. Okay. Now, let's drop down to, okay, verse, let's read verse 6. Verse 6 says, And the land was not able to bear them, and they might dwell to get, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. Verse 7 says, And there was a strife, meaning a controversial, between the herdmen of Abram's, Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanites and the Parasites, they dwell then in the land. Now, what does all that mean? What does all that mean? There was strife. There was strife between the herdmen of Abram and Lot. And God says, Brenda, tell the people that whenever that becomes increase in the house, expect strife to show up. Expect controversial to show up. Why? Because we allowed, we allowed the veiling, we allowed that spirit to, to uh, uh, lock, to be a part of faith. We, we can't allow that to happen. So when there's an increase, when there's an increase of, of what the flesh has birthed and what the spirit has birthed, you're going to always have controversial. You're going to always be divided within. You know how it is when we're divided within our own selves. I want to say this. One day we feel like a nut and the next day we don't. That means that's a division in the flesh. That's a division within our spirit. Amen. So we have to make sure and we have to understand what's really going on. So there's strife in the house. There's strife. And it says um, not only was there strife with the herdmen. In other words, it doesn't show in the beginning about there was strife in leadership. But there was strife among the herdmen, among the people. There was strife among the people. Then it also talked about the Canaanites as well as the parasites. Now, the word there, um, Canaanites, that word there, it, it means to, to be humbled or to uh, humble or subdue. It means to humble oneself and to subdue that which God gives us authority over. But it also talks about the, the uh, parasites. Now, the parasites means they were, they were zealous. They were zealous at the things that were going after. See, the flesh is always zealous after the things that, that uh, the, the spirit has. So it's important that we understand what's going on here. Because, see, the Bible says this. The Bible says before honor, before, before humility comes honor. So it's very important that we understand that before God can can uh, elevate us or move us up, there must be humbleness. We, we must have the, the spirit of humility. So therefore, there must be honor. We, we have to have honor. Uh, because a lot of times when we don't have honor, God is not, God is not going to exalt us if, if we are not humble. If you want honor, if you want honor in your life, God says make sure that we humble ourselves and come under subjection to others that's in leadership. 
So here God, God is saying to us, we have to make sure that we humble ourselves and then he can promote us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He can promote us when we humble ourselves. When we're arrogant and we caught up in self and it's all about us, God said, I'm not going to promote you because, so you got the wrong spirit. So it's very important. If you want to be honored, no matter where it is, whether it's in the church house, whether it's on your job, or whether it's in your family, you got to humble yourself in order to be, put, in order to be promoted by God. When Genesis chapter number 13, chapter number 13, there's a strife going on. That there's confusion going on. That there's confusion going on. So we want to make sure that we understand what God is saying to us. Amen. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter number 18. I'm going to show you something right quick what God says in his word. Remember there's always, there's always an answer in the word of God for whatever situation uh, that we're faced with. Amen. Whatever God is saying, God always let us know some things. Amen. Keep your place in Genesis chapter number 13, okay? Proverbs chapter number 18. Let's look at verse number 12. Are we there? Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 12. Verse 12 says, Before destruction, the heart of man is what? Naughty. <laughs> A haughty. Haughty. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor is what? Humility. Before honor is humility. So God is saying, you know, pride, and that's one scripture talks about pride coming before fall. It says pride coming before shame as well. Now, in order to be honored, remember now, we've got to have that spirit of humility. So what's happening back here in Genesis chapter number 13, now when we, when we have that veil over our face, and we cannot truly see what God is saying, that means we're absent of humility because our vision is not clear. It's not clear. Now, let's go back to Genesis chapter number 13 and verse number 8. We're talking about two paths. Everybody going in the same direction. Two roads. You're going to make that destination. You're going to reach that destination with your travel. But we're also talking about two lands. There's two choices. There's two choices that's always put before us. Now, Genesis chapter number 13, verse number 8. Now, Abram, which is, is the father of height, you know, the greatness is there. Uh, the ability is there. Watch how the Spirit speaks. And Abram said unto Lot, that veiled place where we find ourselves in, Let there be no strife. I pray thee between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be what? Brothering. See, we should not have strife between one another, and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. That's what the Word of God says. You know, as, as Abraham is talking, he said, listen, man, we, we ain't got to go here. We don't have to go here. Let that not be any strife. You know, well, we, we both have a vision from God. Let's, let, let that be in strife. So, but watch how you handle when you have to deal with strife. This is, this is something good even for leadership. This is good for leadership. How do you handle strife? How do you have handle situations when there's confusion in the house? Amen. This is how you handle it. Now, verse number 9, it says, watch, this, this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Verse number 9, it says, If not the whole land before thee, separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, I will go to the left. And watch what happens when our vision is not clear, when we've been blinded by Satan. Verse number 10. And Lot, now Lot means covering or it means veil. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. Well, when, we, when, our, when our vision or when our, when our vision or when our sight is, is veiled, when we can't see clearly, all we see is this. We look and we, we're going to make a choice. We look and say, hmm, that's already developed. 
Ain't no work to that. And see, that's one of the things about trying to build a church when it was not in existence before um, it ever came into play. When God speaks and says, you're supposed to uh, uh, bring people together and this is going to be the house. That means you got to build. That means some sacrifices has to be made. That means some work and labor has to be done. But you can go into a place that's already established. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You got to come down a little bit. You can go into a church that's already already established. Everybody's in its proper place. Everybody's there working. Everybody's got that position. Everybody, you can go there. Because I don't know why the Holy Spirit's taking us there, but maybe somebody's contemplating on going someplace. So so if, if you're contemplating on going someplace, I'm going to have to show you what's on the other side of the cesspool. Y'all adults know what a cesspool is, right? Huh. I'm going to show you what's on the other side of the cesspool. See, what happens is this. He sees a way. His vision is blurred. He sees a well-watered garden. He sees a well-watered place. He didn't see what was on the other side. He just saw what looked like gold that could be real good. He didn't understand. See, you never know what, what hell is in a place until you get in it. Amen. You don't know what's going on in another house until you get in there and you sit down a while. Amen. You know, so when you sit down a little, a little while and say, oh, my God. Well, you might as well stay where you were. Because all you're doing is going right back to the same thing that you had. So if you build on what you got right there, if you build on it, then you won't have to worry about it because you'll be the one that's making it up. Amen. So if, if, if what? thank you, Holy Spirit, why am I saying, why would I want to go somewhere not knowing what's really going on? And when I get there, my God, my God, my God. And we think that where we are is so bad. And when we end up at the place where we're going, it's worse than where we came from. Amen. That's the beauty of the scriptures because, see, there's some things very in-depth in the scripture. He looks at it, and he sees all he can see. And, and the reason why, his vision is blurred. His vision is blurred. He sees, he said he lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his vision. He sees something already established, the plains of Jordan. It was well watered. It was already established. But let me show you what's on the other side. Before he gets to the other side, he comes by this little place called Zor. Zor is a small place. It's a small place. He passes that. But watch what verse number 11. It says, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Jordan is a spiritual stream of life. And Lot journeyed east. East is within. You have to be careful when you begin to listen to your own thoughts. Within. East is meaning within. You have to be careful when you listen to your own thoughts. Because if those thoughts are not yours, and they're not, excuse me, if they're those thoughts are not God. Ain't no telling tell where you're going to travel to. Amen. Or what path you're going to get on. Now it says, uh, Then Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan, because he saw it looked real good. And Lot Jordan, he journeyed east. And they separated themselves the one from the other. Now watch verse number 12. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. Lanan, uh, Canaan is a place of being uh, humility, a place of humbleness. And a place where God's going to allow him to subdue some things. God got a blessing for him there. But sometimes we don't hang around long enough to get the blessing. We don't hang around long enough to get the blessing. Amen. Now, we're ready for the well-watered place. Okay. Now, it says, and Lot dwelled. Look where he dwells. He dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent, the mindset, toward Sodom. Now, okay. He pitches his tent toward Sodom, his mindset. Even though he sees this well-watered uh, uh, place called Jordan, but his mind wasn't really on the well-watered. His mind was towards the place of Gordon, of Sodom. Now watch what's about Sodom, what God is saying. Verse 13 says this, But, are we there? But the men of Sodom were what? Wicked. And they were sinners before the Lord, where? Exceedingly. But see, he didn't know what was on the other side of the cesspool. All he could, all he could see was the well-watered garden. All he could see was what looked beautiful. But he didn't realize that the beauty of the grass grows over the cesspool. Only God knew what was on the other side. That's why you got to be careful before we want to jump and run here and yonder. Amen. Because you don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what's on the other side. It says God knew what was on the other side. God says they were wicked, they were sinners, 
before the Lord. And it says exceedingly. Now, look at what God says in verse 14. I wasn't going to do this, but we're going we're gonna, to we're travel in. Okay? Since it's word, word time today. Amen? So, verse 14 says, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated him, Whenever you remove the veil. Because, see, you can't really see what all God has for you as long as you're wearing the veil. All you can see is other stuff. You know? It says, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, he says, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art. See, in other words, you got to look from where, you, from where you are right now. He said, I want you to look northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, uh, seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. So God says, listen, Brenda, what, you, what, what he's given, what he's given un, unto Abram is the new frontier. You remember when God told us the first of the year that we're about to enter a, land, a new frontier? It's a new frontier. It's undeveloped land. It's undeveloped. So God said the, the potential that's out there, the, 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 the gain that's out there, many people don't want to go into that new frontier. Why? In the new frontier, it's undeveloped. You've got to do some laboring. You've got to do some work. It's easy to go over here to what's already been established, and not to receive the good that you're going to receive over here. Because see, God says, not only if you, if, you, if you develop or you allow me to develop a new frontier in you, at inward and outward, he said, not only will I bless you, I will bless your seed as well. And how long did it say for? It says for forever. It's forever. See, in that new frontier, there is so much there that's been undeveloped. I mean, for years it can lie waste. For years it can, and nothing can take place. But all of a sudden, boom, I'm going to give you a prime example. Where we live, where we live, where we live, for years, for years, there's been this beautiful farm, beautiful farmland, just beautiful. I mean, the people have, they, they grow their collars, they grow their turnip greens, they, they, they grow their squash. I mean, I mean, beautiful land, just beautiful. I mean, many times we drove by and we talked about, oh, let this always remain. Let this always be. Because everywhere you go, it's just, it's just, it's just city, 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 a building, building, building. You find very little land where it is not being developed. Well, now, being it's been such a long time, and I think it's probably been probably about 20 years or better since we've been over on that side, all of a sudden, what happened with that beautiful land that we drive by and we just, oh, how wonderful to be able to live in the world and not have all that craziness. What are we going to get? We're going to get a plant. Right there behind or uh, in the vicinity of our home. Oh, I mean a, a warehouse, a, uh, a, a distribution center, I think it is. A distribution center that's going to be right there on that beautiful land. But it, it was, it's a new frontier. It was a new frontier. But see, if you're not careful and, and you develop what God has or uh, 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 begin to operate in what God has for you, all of a sudden, here come all that hustle and bustle. I'm like, wait a minute, God. I want, I want to go into the new frontier. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things out there that have not yet been developed in my faith, huh, uh, in, in my walk with God. I mean, it's, it's, it's so much there that God wants us to explore. It's an event. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's an adventure. You, you can go to all other places. Hey, you already know what's going to happen. You know how you know what's going to happen? They, when, they hit the, when they hit the piano, when they hit the keyboard, and a few strings on the guitar, the preacher begins to hoop and holler and scream. Ah, you know, they get that second wind. You know, you, I can't do it real good because I, 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 I don't do that. I never did that when I was in that. I mean, I was always a teacher. I felt out of place at the time. And everybody else was doing it. I couldn't. I thought something was wrong with me. But no, God was just preparing me for the new frontier. Because right now the new frontier is about teaching. It's not about hooping and hollering. Because you know what? I want some substance. Because when I leave from here, I got to fight the devil. And all that, that gravy, as one preacher said, all that gravy. Huh, he said he got to get him some gravy. Well, all that gravy ain't going to help me when I run up on the devil. Amen. That, that ain't going to help at all. So God said, this is a new frontier, Brenda. Go ahead and people. God's people needs to be taught. That's what God says. He said they need to be taught. He said, they don't need all that other stuff. They need to know what the Word says. And then they need to go deeper and deeper into the Word of God. It's okay, God, I got you. 
Okay, we take all that stuff off, right? Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's getting in the way. Amen. Bless me, the Lord. God is good. I feel real good right now. I really do. I really do. Amen. God said, take it what you got and keep moving. Amen. So you got to move forward. Amen. You got to move forward. It's, it's, it's a new land out there. It's a new adventure out there. God got some stuff going on. We have not a clue. But you know what? Wherever God's working, that's where I want to be. Amen. So, so therein, he, he blesses Abraham. He tells him, he said, listen, all of this, he said, right now it's undeveloped. House of Dust, I'm here to tell you, right now it looks uh, like a frontier. It looks like it's, it's undeveloped. If you just wait a while, if you just wait a while and watch God, I guarantee you, God's going to do some things that make your ears tingle. Amen. He's going to do some things that make your ears tingle. Amen. I bless the Lord for that. Now, let's continue. Verse 15 says, for, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it. In other words, you don't have to lay before. God going to give it for you. He says, and to thy seed forever. Then he says, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Now, let's go to chapter number 14 and see what's happening with, when we get that veil over our face. We're in the same chapter, Genesis chapter 14. Solomon, uh, a lot goes to Sodom. He, he goes there. He sees his well-watered land. His, his mind is, is pitched uh, uh, towards Sodom. The, you know, a, a place of corruption is what's there. A place of corruption. So that's where he goes. Now look at verse number 11 in chapter number 14. This is how we got to know we got to be very careful when we make a move. When you make a move, you got to be very careful. Okay? Because you don't know what's on the other side. Remember how we talked about that cesspool. Amen? As always look green on the other side. Verse number 11 says, and this is where a lot is. He, he, ends up, he ends up right there in a place called Solomon and Gomorrah. He ends up there. He wasn't content. He wasn't content. Verse 11 and they took all the goods of Solomon and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went that way. In other words, that was a battle. That was a battle that took place. There's some kings that came in, and they took over Solomon and Gomorrah. They took it over. And, and what happens is, because Lot had went there, because his vision was blurred, he ends up losing. He ends up losing. That's why you have to be careful where you uh, put your roots at. Okay? Now, look at verse number 12 in Genesis chapter number 14. Uh, verse number 12 says, And they took Lot... Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods. And what did they do? They departed. In other words, they took everything that he had. Took everything. Lost everything. You see, because it looked good, that don't mean you need to move over there. Because what happened, he lost everything that he had. And who had to rescue him? Abram. <laughs> Abram had to go right back and, and rescue him because he had made the wrong decision. Remember now, two lands. The land was before him. He, had, he, had, he could make a choice. He could either choose the, the frontier that was undeveloped, or he could choose what was well watered, but he didn't know what was on the other side of the water. So he chose what was, appeared to be well watered, but he didn't realize that it was corruption on the other side of it. He didn't want to do no laboring. He didn't want, he didn't want to do uh, uh, the frontier. He didn't want to do the undeveloped land. So he ends up going in the wrong place, Showing up at the wrong place and then having to be rescued. Why? Because his vision was blurred. Amen. How many of these times we make decisions when our vision has been blurred? That's the wrong time to make a decision. Never make a, a decision when you're in an emotional upheaval. Because what happens is you're making a decision on your emotions and not through your spirit. A lot of times when decisions are made, have you ever made a decision you made in your emotions because you were upset, mad? The next thing you know, it's over and oh, I wish I hadn't done that. That's because you made the decision while you operate in your emotions. Our emotions are always up and down, up and down. If we're not balanced, thank you, Holy Spirit, we'll make wrong decisions. Amen. We'll make wrong decisions. Now, let's continue. Watch what happens in verse, we're going to drop down, verse 16. Verse 16, here comes the rescue. You know, when we're operating in, in the height of our faith, Sometimes it, 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 we go into a place of rescue, a rescue mode. Verse 16 says, And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot 
and his goods, and the women also, and the people, and the people. So he has to go in and he has to rescue them, even though he made the wrong decision. How many of us have, been, have had to be rescued by making wrong decisions? Amen. I, I see some people raising hand. Amen. We've all been there. We can be honest. We are a house of honesty. Amen. We are, we are a house of honesty. Amen. And we, we, if, if we make them all, we just made them. That's all. But the fact remains, when you get back on track, that's what's most important. But let me show you something else. This is what I could not understand. This is what I could not understand. Lot shows up. When we're now in a place of being veiled, and we can't see, he ends up making a wrong decision, wrong decision, loses everything that he has, being rescued. But let's go to chapter number 19, I believe is where we want to go. Chapter number 19. I believe that's where we want to go. Chapter number 19. Yeah. Chapter number 19. Genesis. Still in Genesis. Remember now, he's having to be rescued. He made the wrong decision. Having to be rescued because the vision was veiled. He was not clear, could not see. Now, chapter number 19 says this. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening. And Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. He's sitting at the gate. Now, you've just been rescued from that place. Why would you go back? Just think about it now. Just, it just, it's just logic. How many times that we get rescued from a place and then we turn around and go right back? Anybody been that besides me? Go right back. He goes right back. I mean, when, when I began to study this and I said, well, Lord, I, I, I didn't realize God was going to take me here and show me this. I'm like, God, what happens a lot after he separates from Abraham and all this, you know, he's getting rescued and, 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 and then get everything restored back to him. God says, let's go a little piece further. I'll show you what happened here. He's right back. He's sitting at the gate. It's at the same place that brought him about confusion. You know all that stuff about, you know, they're wanting and, and you know, the man, these men want his sons and, and, and not his daughters and all that stuff. So he's sitting at the gate. So I said, okay, God, tell me about this gate. Why is he sitting at the gate? He's sitting at the gate. He's sitting there because he knows he's in an in-between place. He's at the gate. He doesn't have enough strength to move outside the gate. He don't want to remove back inside the gate. He's at a place of decision. He's sitting there at the gate. He knows that there's disruption, there's corruption right there, and he's gotten to the point where he is sick of it. Somebody said, well, how do you know that's true? And let me finish this and we'll show you the scripture. It says, And Lot, seeing them, he rose up to meet them, and he bows himself with his face toward the ground. Let's go to the book of Second Peter. Second Peter chapter, I think we're going to look at chapter number 2 in Second Peter. This is how I know he was sick, and this is why I know he was just sitting there. Make sure we remain now in chapter whole place in chapter number 19 in Genesis. But we're going to 2 Peter, chapter number 2, and we're going to look at verse number 6. Remember, he's sitting at the gate. He's at a place of decision making. Verse 6 says, 2 Peter, chapter 2, verse 6. It says, And turning the city of Solomon and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And he delivered just Lot. That, what's, this was happening. This is why he's at the gate. He's sitting there. He says, delivering just Lot, he was vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. Remember that God says that the place of Sodom was a, a place of wickedness and sinners. Remember? Remember that? 
So here now, he's, he goes back. He didn't learn his lesson the first time. He goes back, and he's, 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 he's tired of the filthy conversations of the wicked. And verse 8 says, For that righteous man dwelling among them. Now he's righteous. Now he is righteous. So whenever, whenever we're walking with God, the, the filth of the world becomes distasteful to us. Amen? That's when you know you're really uh, 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 traveling a road wherein God wants us to travel. When, when the filth of the world becomes distasteful to us. It says, For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Hmm. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So he's sitting at the gate. 19, Genesis 19. He's sitting at the gate because now he has come to his senses, but he doesn't have enough strength to go outside of the gate. So what does God do? God says, I'm going to send you some help. You know how it is sometimes we don't have enough energy to pull ourselves up? Out of the situation we're in, God will send us some help. Genesis chapter 19. Okay. Now, let's look at verse number 14. Remember now, the two angels have come in. God, God, God has spoken to, to Abram and let him know what he's about to do in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah because they're corrupt. They're wicked. God said they are sinners. And, and exceedingly, in other words, they continually do the wickedness. There's, there's no reprieve. They're not trying to make a change. Now, Genesis chapter number 19, verse 14 says, and Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get ye out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-law. In other words, they were laughing at him. They didn't believe what he said. They were making fun of him. You know, because see, he went back to a place, and now he said, Hey, we need to get up out of here because the Lord is going to destroy this place. That's why you got to be careful uh, uh, who you're around and what you uh, uh, allow yourself to be a partaker of. Because when the, when the wrath of God is begin to be released, you don't want to be hit by the fire. You don't want to be hit by the fire, okay? Now, verse number verse number uh, 15 says, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters. What would happen to the son-in-law? You can always find somebody that ain't going to go. It's not going to believe. They're not going to believe. The son-in-law didn't believe. It says, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the what? Are, are y'all there in verse number 15? He tells them to take his, his wife and his daughters, which are here. They're with him. Then he goes on and says, Lest thou Thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. In other words, unless you get caught up in the sin too, you need to get out. That's what it says. You need to get out. Get, get, get taken out. You need to come out of here. Come out of this place. Come out of the situation. Come out of that surrounding. Because if you don't, you won't get caught up with their sins too. It says with the iniquity of the city. So that here God expresses the whole city is corrupt. That's why he destroyed it. The whole entire city was corrupt. Now, let's, let's go to uh, verse 16. It says, And while he lingered, in other words, remember he's sitting at the gate. Now they're telling him, you need to come on out, God's going to do something. We keep talking about how God's going to release the wrath upon this nation, and he is. He, he, he's going to do that. But see, we've got to make sure that as the body of Christ, we've got to be in the right place. Amen? And God. He says, he said, And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife. In other words, sometimes we don't want to go where God wants us to go. So God has to take us and says, come on out of here. Okay? And he says, he, uh, and upon the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being, look at this, merciful. Thank God for mercy. The Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and sent him without the city, on the outside of the city. Verse 17 says, and it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, don't stay in the low place, escape to the mountain 
least thou be consumed. God gives them distinct direction. Come out of here. I want you to escape. Don't stay in the plains, but I want you to go to the mountain. He wants you to go to an elevated place, a place of elevation. That's what God is calling to a place of elevation. But watch the mindset of man. Watch the mindset. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. He did. Watch what he says in verse 20. He says, Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a what? A little one. God has called for greatness, and we want to hang about, hang out in a little place. Don't see that? He's called us to greatness, but we want to hang out in a little place. He says, I don't want to go to the mountain. I don't want to go to that place of greatness. I, I don't want to go to that place where you've called for me to be. I have the ability to become everything God says I can become. Let me go to this little place. You know why? Because at that point, the veil was still on. He was operating in fear. He could not. Holy Spirit, I hear you. So many people do not want to enter into that place of greatness because of fear. They don't want to move to the next level. How do I know that? Because I got a trophy and a t-shirt. Been there. I'm not telling you something what I don't know. I'm telling you something what I do know. I, I, I'm going to pin right there for a moment and give you a true, true, a true story. During the time I was working, and I'm retired now, during the time I was working, many jobs came my way. And all the jobs was jobs that took me in a, a higher place, more responsibility. But I was so comfortable right where I was because, hey, I could leave the place and go have a lunch for two hours, and everything ran smooth. I mean, I, I knew what to do. I knew, I mean, even had trained the people, they knew what to do. And I did not want to go to the next level that God had called for me to go. I was comfortable in that, that little small place. Many of God's people are comfortable in that little place. God said, I'm calling my people to greatness. Some of us are afraid. I was afraid. I was operating in fear. So God, I can't do that. God gave me a dream. Show me where I was supposed to be. Using clap old dollar. Show me where I was supposed to be. And I'm still saying no. People calling me say, hey, you need to take this job. You can help. No, I can't do that. I, I just can't do that. You know what happened? When I finally come to the decision and did it after somebody told me, said, listen, you need to give this a try. You don't like it, you can go back. When I gave it a try, you know what happened? It was better than where I was. A whole lot better. Not so much of the, the, the fact of the responsibility. Yeah, the responsibility was there, but I was given help. So it was just as, it was more easy than where I came from because where I came from, I was doing all the work by myself. This time I had three or four people under me, the, the supervisors under me, and they were taking care of the stuff. All I had to do was the paperwork. Before I was doing it all. How stupid, Brittany, you could be. But I had a veil. God is calling his people to greatness. Who will accept the challenge? Who will accept the challenge? God is calling us to greatness. Who will accept the challenge? To go into that undeveloped frontier. Who would accept the challenge? Or do we want to stay in that comfort zone? And stay in that comfort I want to stay in that little place. I won't go no further. The devil is a stinking lie. Because huh. God didn't call us that. What? And I, I praise God because see, so often I miss the part here in the scripture. But God just brought me right to it. So he, he asked to not to go to the high place. He wants to stay in Zohar. He wants to stay in the low place. Okay? He wants to stay there. God rains down fire from heaven. He releases the fire. Now, let's look at verse number, verse 22. Verse 22. We're almost done. Verse 22. It says, haste thee, because now they're speaking the law. Get the veil on. It says, haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Zoar means little, a small place. The sun was rising upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. So then the Lord rained upon Solomon and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of the heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the city and that which grew upon the ground. But watch this, verse 26. 
but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. It's danger in looking back into the world. But see, her heart was still back in the world. Her heart was still back in, in, in Solomon Gomorrah. And they were given specific instructions to go forward. They couldn't go forward because they were too busy looking back. That's one problem God says with the body of Christ. Because the reason why we can't go forward, we're busy looking back or what our inabilities that we can't do. No, we, we in ourselves, we can't do anything. But God's word says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what I love about God and what I love about Lot is verse number 26. After everything happens, after the fire is rained down from heaven, Solomon and Gomorrah is destroyed. Even the little city, the place of Zohar, was destroyed too, where Lot was. Now watch, look at verse number 30, when he comes to some senses. Let me read 29 first. It says in verse 29, Genesis 19, And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham, now he calls him Abraham, the father of faith, and he sent Lot out of the midst of the, of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. In other words, right where he was, that, that place of comfort, God will come in and he will upset your comfort zone. He overthrew that comfort zone. God will upset that comfort zone because the place where he tried to take you to. Look at verse number 30. It says, and Lot, that's the one that was there. And Lot went up out of where? Zohar. He comes up out of that little place. He comes up out of that place. And Lot went up out of Zohar, and he dwelt where? In the mountain. Now he goes where God has called him to go. See, God has to come in, and he has upset. He has upset the nest. In order for us to go to the place that God wants us to be. He upset the nest. He upset the nest. So when he upset the nest, then Lot removed the veil, and what did he do? He went to the mountain. He went to that place of elevation. You know, so many times I had looked at that and I said, well, oh, Lord, Lot, he just, he just stayed in, in Zohar, in that place of Zohar. No, he finally came to his senses. He finally come to the understanding of who he is in God. See, when you know who you are in God, you won't be worried about all this other stuff. You know who you are. God has called us out to greatness. He, he goes to the mountain now. He goes to the place where God tells him to go, and, and his two doors, because his wife, he says his wife was behind it. Instead of walking with it, his wife was behind it. <laughs> now he has his two daughters that go to the mountain and with him, for he feared to dwell, he was afraid now, to dwell in Zor, which means that little place, and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. So God is saying, be careful what lane that you choose. You got two paths, you got two roads, and you got two lanes. You start off with a pathway together. Everybody's going in the same direction. That thing increases, and then it becomes a road because now you're trying to reach your destination. When you're trying to reach that destination, you can get off course because now you will end up in a place of dryness. Haran is a place of dryness, a parched place. See, and the reason why he, he remained there because they worship uh, idol gods, and even in, in, the, in the harem, that was also a place of worshiping idol gods. It was comfortable to him. He, he understood that. You know, he was comfortable there. But God said, no, no, I've got to get rid of this. You're too comfortable. But, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. God said, I'm about to pull the rogue from under some folk so they can go to the mountain. I'm about to snatch it, that, that place of comfortability. So you can go to the mountain where God has called for you to be. See, God has, God has gifted this house with so, so many gifts that, that, that's not in, even in operation. It's, it's, it's within the vessels, but the, the, but the gifts are not in operation. That's, I'm about to pull that rug right up under you. And where you're comfortable in your zone, he said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure you go to the mountain. Two paths. Two roads and two lands. What are you going to choose? The well water that's on a cesspool, that's on the other side of it, is corruption and sin. Are you willing to go into the new frontier? Are you willing to go into the new frontier? Are you willing to develop the new frontier? 
Now let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I pray, I pray, I pray that was a challenge. I pray that was a challenge to all of us. Amen. I pray that that was a challenge. There is a challenge. I pray we'll see what we're going to do with the challenge. Because I know God got gifts in the house. I know that. And that much I do know. I know he got gifts in the house. When I say gifts, I don't mean presents. I'm talking about the gift that's within you. That God has placed within you. And so God says, are you willing to step up to the plate to the challenge and do what he's calling you to do? Amen. Amen. See, if you're at one place, God said, I'm going to take you to that's another place you can go. That's a higher place, isn't that? If you're at one place, that's another place you can go to. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm out of Zoe. Come out of Zoe. Come out of that small mindset. And let's go to the mountain. Let's go to the mountain. I'm ready to go to the mountain. The mountain is a place of elevation. I'm ready to go there. Thank you. It's going to take a little bit more strength, but my strength is in God. Amen. So we just praise God. I don't know how many people would like to have a CD. I don't know if everything worked out or not. Brother Tony, did everything work out, baby? Is everything worked out? But, uh, okay, CDs. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. I want one from myself. Six, seven. Oh, he raised his hand. Okay, seven. What's your mother's name? Seven. Keisha, we're going to pray for your mom. We're going to pray for your mom. That, that she will be with you all here. We're gonna, and there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing too hard for God. No, absolutely nothing. Because see, she's a beautiful lady. I've never met your mom, but she's a beautiful lady. She's a beautiful lady. And God is good. And uh, we're, we're thankful and grateful. Uh, I think he knows it's seven. If you tell him seven, please, ma'am, please, sir, kind of wait around for it for your um, for your um, uh, and remember our prayer request. Remember Ricky. Please, ma'am, please sir, remember Ricky. Uh, please remember him. And please remember the, the Derek Peek uh, who is an ICU. Now remember him. And remember the situation of God watching. And we're going to remember Keaton. What did you tell me your mom doing? I had no single mama. What did you tell me your mom, uh, son? Keisha. 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 I want to remember that Keisha. I want to thank and praise God for all those. And we're going to pray for Sandra and Faith for the sick. And go neither that sick. And we're just going to pray that God just move in. And, and uh, I thank God for the cold weather. I thank God for the ice. Some folks don't thank him, but I do. You know why? Because once that cold came in, I was not coughing as much as I had been in the past. So I knew there's something in that atmosphere too out there. Something going on up there. So, But uh, we're going to pray for, uh, for our nation as well. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. We uh, This is the month of uh, ending of March, February, the beginning of March, and we want to announce the one that brought in uh, the most uh, people, and we're praying that as they come, they will remain and they will find a place in the body because we, we would like to use uh, uh, those that God's bringing into the house. And uh, we have one young man, he's, we're going to pray for that too, Scott. He's having to work every Sunday. His, his work schedule has him working every Sunday. So we're praying that he will be able to come out with these things. Wednesday, we have leadership training. Our ministers that's in the house, we allow them to go ahead and do the first 25 minutes of the services. And um, they share what God has given them this training so that when they go out, they're able to protect themselves very well. And uh, the second half of it is this, uh, the minister training as far as leadership, teaching on leadership. Leadership don't just apply to here in the church. The leadership also applies in the home and the job uh, in the community. The leadership, the leadership skills. So we invite you to come back on Wednesdays as well. Now at this time, Mr. Sister Monsonette has been warned to uh, uh, do the tally of the people that have been coming. Uh, are we good? The people have been tallying uh, those who have been coming in. I say to each one of you, please, man, please, sir, continue to do that. Continue to invite people in. We want to build the house. We want to make the signs. That's what the scripture says, you know?
Minister Tom, amen. Praise be to God. Minister Tom, amen. 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 Praise be to God. Minister Tom, amen. All right. Now, that means that you know, I'll keep doing. That means every every week, I mean, uh, please, man, please say, why are you out there? And why are you out there? And I said, feel, why are you out there among people? Because everybody has a circle of influence. Everybody has a circle of influence. People that they surround themselves with or people that they meet. Please, man, please begin to invite somebody. You know, invite them to come and begin to minister.